Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hemp Present. If you have feedback and would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hempresentmail.com. I greatly enjoy hearing from you, the listener. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Dean Becker. Dean is a former cop, and over the last 20-plus years, he has invested more than 40,000 hours reporting from scores of conferences and seminars around the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Bolivia, Portugal, and Switzerland. Becker has consulted with more than 3,000 drug policy experts to include National Institute for Drug Abuse scientists, doctors, and researchers. He has consulted with sitting judges, district attorneys, police chiefs, and sheriffs, as well as many high echelon officials, including then-president of Mexico, Vicente Fox, Portugal's drug czar, Galeo, and Dr. Berkey, the designer of Switzerland's heroin program. As the Reverend Most High of Evident Truth, Becker claims the moral high ground in the drug war and challenges the world to prove him wrong, but he will have to look elsewhere for that challenge today because here on Hemp Present, we are in total alignment. So let's bring Dean on so we can deliver some preaching to this choir. Welcome, Dean, to Cannabis Radio. Oh, Viv, thank you for this opportunity. As you know, I'm always ready to preach to the choir, teaching them how to sing solos. Oh, man, you, you're the man, bro. Now, I have to continue your, your intro here. You, you serve as speaker for the Law Enforcement Action Partnership. You are a board member of the Drug Policy Forum of Texas, the National African American Forum, as well as End Mass Incarceration Houston. You're a partner with the Drug Policy Alliance and served as a liaison to the New York Times Drug Policy Forum and... Your first book, To End the War on Drugs, was released in 2014 and is available on Amazon and Kindle. But you have not always been such a staunch opponent of America's drug policy. You used to enforce drug policy as a law enforcement officer. What happened? Well, that was a grand mistake by the U.S. government. The, the, uh, the law enforcement work I did was after going in the U.S. Air Force. They determined that I needed to guard nuclear weapons. So they, uh, they you know, they gave me a high clearance, thought I was intelligent enough, and uh, made me a cop out there on the bomb dump or uh, uh, guarding B-52s full of hydrogen bombs. Uh, never busted anybody for drugs. So, okay, you know, okay. I wore the badge, pinned on that badge, swore to uphold the Constitution, and I'm still trying to uphold the Constitution. That's what I'm still up to as a, you know, an expert, if you will, 3,000 interviews, as you say, everybody from the coroner of uh, Vancouver to, as you mentioned, the, the drug czar of Portugal, my friend, Dr. Zhao Gulao. And you pronounce his name a lot better than I did, which I anticipated. Um, so, so let me get this straight. So you have always opposed America's drug policies or did you have an evolution at some point? Uh, well, the years that I was in the Air Force, now picture this, I joined in 1967. Well, there's Think a lot of drug use there. There was some drug use in the military back then. Yeah, and uh, it was just starting. But it, as it turned out, um, six months into uh, my enlistment, everybody in my barracks, all the uh, security policemen were smoking weed. I mean, I, I say all. I say 80% were. 
Um, and, and I guess the point is, even then, we knew that it was a harmless thing that did not disrupt our behavior, that did not, uh, you know, as that poor young lady who ran the 100-yard dash learned, it's not an enhancement of any kind. It's just a little recreational drug you take when you're, uh, you know, in need of a pick-me-up or a little relaxation. And, uh, you know, the, what was it, two weeks ago, they declared a 50-year anniversary of Nixon's war on drugs. Well, I got busted in the Air Force for 0.023 grams of marijuana. Now you take 50 times that much, you could probably roll it. What's that, a seed? <laughs> well, I thought the matchbox was empty. I'll just put it that way. But um, it, it was, I don't know, that bust, that was the very first bust of, uh, you know, for me. Uh, it, it began a re-examination for me. It began the process of leading me to become the Reverend Most High. Uh, trying to expose the evident truth. The drug war is a fiasco, a fraud, never had any reason to exist. And at this point in time, there's not one person on this planet wants to come on my radio show and defend the drug war from the drug czar to the DEA to the anybody in the ONDCP, FBI, CIA, I don't care, the uh, U.S. Attorney General, none of them can defend this policy. It is, it is fractured. It is a fiasco, and if it wasn't so stupid, it would be, uh, you know, worth laughing at. So you've been a true believer for a long time as far as reforming America's failed drug policy. Yes, I have. So, Dean, you know, you have attended, as I mentioned, numerous drug policy symposiums, conferences around the U.S. You report for the Drug Truth Network, which you call, quote, a media production organization dedicated to exposing the fraud misdirection and wastefulness of the war on drugs. Uh, you're based at KPFT, I believe, Houston Pacific, a radio station, broadcasting to more than 90 affiliate stations in the US and Canada. As previously mentioned, you have not always been a, a media personality. How and when did you see independent media as a tool? When did you start seeing independent media as a tool by which to expose and fight the injustice of America's drug policy? Um, I think I was 49 years old. So we're looking back 23 years ago, approximately. Uh, wanted to do something, wanted to make a difference in this world, wanted to make a splash. You know, I, I raised uh, four boys. I've, uh, you know, got eight grandkids. Uh, I had a pretty good life, um, you know, despite going to jail 13 times for minor amounts of drugs. Uh, that white privilege helped me out too, by the way. I'm, I'm just going to have to admit it or, or say it. Uh, had I been uh, black or Mexican, I probably would still be in prison considering all the times I got caught. But coming back to it, I wanted to do something in this life, wanted to contribute, wanted to be uh, an example for my kids. And I, I figured out, uh, first off, the New York Times Drug Policy Forum was one of the first to begin openly discussing the policy of drug reform, where the word legalized could actually be read in an American newspaper. And um, I eventually became the liaison there because I was the first person who actually put my name down. Everybody else had nom de plume, you know, uh, Jack Rabbit or who, you know, nobody's name was on that site <laughs> until I got there. Right. And I, uh, through that openness, through that, and I'll say it now, courage, uh, the New York Times asked me to be the liaison. With that um, authority, I, I then invited folks like uh, Milton Friedman, 
uh, the Nobel laureate economist who came out uh, strongly in, in support of ending prohibition, then get Governor Gary Johnson and, oh, I don't know, uh, you know, some other big names, uh, Ethan Nadelman, I got him to come on there. And they would answer questions of the uh, attendees to the forum. And uh, I've got a big binder still full of that. But with that information, I gained in about two years working with the New York Times, uh, Pacifica Radio was having another revolution. They were kicking out the old uh, guard and bringing in a new team, so to speak. And I went to the local meeting here in Houston, told them, hey, I've been working on exposing the fraud and misdirection of the drug war. I'd love to have a show. Uh, the manager and the program director, hey, okay, we'll think about it. But listening on the side was uh, Houston's famed, uh, uh, you know, uh, activist, uh, Ray Hill, uh, a great uh, gay rights activist, uh, busy in Washington and around the country, Supreme Court rulings. He heard me. He says, Dean, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a segment on my show every Friday night, and they're still doing it. Uh, it's called The Prison Show, two hours where uh, first hour, they talk general stuff. The second hour, families of those who have prisoners behind bars in Texas get to call in and their, their families get to hear them behind bars through that radio program, the prison show. But Ray gave me a five minute segment in the middle of that. Before I knew it, uh, other programmers there at KPFT were saying, hey, let me give you a segment on my show. So I was doing a segment on the uh, labor show, a reach out in the darkness music show, the queer show. Uh, and the prison show. So eventually he said, well, maybe we should just give this guy his own hour, which they did. And uh, eventually that's uh, grown over the years. We now divide that into two half hours, my cultural baggage show and the Century of Lies show, which is now being produced by uh, our good friend, Mr. Doug Mavey up there in Portland. I hope I answered your question. You, you have, Doug has been on this show. Um, we got about two minutes till the, the first break. Uh, you mentioned it. It's been 50 years since uh, President Nixon declared the war on drugs. Last year, President Trump pardoned multiple prisoners, some serving life for cannabis and other drug offenses. President Biden has kind of sent mixed signals about his positions on drug policy. Uh, but a lot of states have legalized retail sales of cannabis, while nationally arrests have just started to decrease uh, cannabis arrests. Thousands are still languishing in jails and prisons. What's your assessment of where we're at today? Do you feel we're making progress? Uh, you know, you and I have been talking against the drug war for decades, but it's starting to catch on in media. Is it all just window dressing for the perpetuation of the same old drug war para paradigm? Or are you hopeful? It's uh, a tough really, question, I know. Uh, I'm really leery of drug reform in general. We have owned the moral high ground in this for as long as we have existed, for as long as we have known the truth that this was a fabrication of racial screed put forward 50 and 100 years ago, designed to uh, uh, empower whites and, and diminish blacks and other uh, colored organizations, other colored people. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is no legitimacy to it, never was. And what we have to do is quit bowing to their logic, to their, uh, you know, that, oh my God, something bad may happen. That's been the whole premise of the drug war, that something bad may happen. And from the time they started it 100 years ago, trying to stop snake oil salesmen, well, it's definitely got worse. We now have millions of snake oil salesmen, and, and yet they, uh, uh, they continue to, I was talking yesterday to a Houston Chronicle reporter, he's going to be on my next show, about the fact that they 
yeah, they may get it that the drug war is not quite right, but they still tout the fact that every bust is a wonderful thing for the community and that somehow it's going to be a better day because of that bust or that, uh, you know, diminishing of one person's ability to sell drugs. The drug war is the world's largest multi-level marketing organization that has ever existed on this planet. It entices our children to lives of crime and addiction. Take $5, buy a bag of weed, sell it for 10, go buy more, prosper. It is a means to, uh, I don't know, it's a self-perpetuating fiasco. Well, you know, uh, I think that's a great place to leave it. We have to roach this segment, a very fat segment rolled up for after this break. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hem present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back with Dean Becker from the Drug Truth Network and Century of, of Lies. Uh, Dean, on uh, the first segment, you kind of touched on how the drug war has just been a you know racially targeted injustice all along. We cannot have a conversation about Black Lives Matter without talking about the war on drugs. How central do you think U.S. drug policy has been in creating the atmosphere where police can just summarily execute men of color in what would normally be a, a, a routine police encounter for a white person. Some would argue uh, that targeting racial minorities was the whole point all along. It was the whole point all along. We could reach back to a, a gentleman named Harry J. Anslinger, who proves it quite well. The documentation is all over the internet. Uh, it's in books. It's, it's, uh, it's screaming. Uh, racial prejudice. That's where they started. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't just against blacks, it's against Mexicans. You give a, one of these Mexican beat workers a puff off a marijuana cigarette, the next thing you know, he thinks he's been elected president of Mexico and he sets out to kill his enemies. That's the kind of BS that was circulated in the 1920s and 30s as they were ratcheting up this uh, jihad against cannabis. People had cannabis in their medicine cabinets. They used it. They, uh, they appreciated it. They knew it was good medicine. They didn't know what this strange marijuana was that Harry J. Anslinger was talking about. And he started this whole shooting match by, by uh, demonizing uh, Mexicans and, and the Spanish language for that sake. And, and I guess it, it boils down to we were fooled. Uh, been fooled all along. Uh, there's just no no reason, no rationale. It's a frightening, uh, it, it's a, a means to frighten and fleece the public. That's what the drug war is about. It, it has never protected anybody, not even one child, has never stopped any person from getting their hands on their drug of choice if they're determined enough. Dean, the DEA operates on a budget of over $3 billion uh, with more billions allocated for incarceration and military drug enforcement still 
2020 was the worst year in history for overdose deaths. What's going on? How do you explain this country's catastrophic opioid epidemic, epidemic in the face of a supposed war on drugs? A huge, massive failure by our elected officials, mm -hmm. by our administrators, if you will, who refuse to see this. I, I, uh, it's, I not really, it's not really a war on drugs, right? Yeah, yeah. I opened my cultural baggage with a show that, you know, we're, we're uh, trying to stop those who, who uh, fleece the public, you know, the, the uh, prison industrial complex, you know, the et cetera, et cetera, the, the urine testers, the uh, um, It's all a racket. It, it goes on and on. There are millions of people who profit from this drug war, and each one of them swears on a Bible that they're doing God's work and that it's it's the best thing going, but that's how they make their mortgage payment. Um, I, I think many things have begun to show, ooh, I'm, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna be careful here how I say this, that religion <laughs> has lost a lot of respect because there are so many people within religion that are just messing up badly. And uh, uh, the drug war, is a religion of its own. It's a quasi-religion. It's a belief system. It's handed down from grandpa to daddy to grandson. It's 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 taught as if it had merit. Uh, the the teachings and the preachings of Harry J. Anslinger are handed down still. They are part of the reefer madness that continues to make it possible for that young lady to be denied her attempt on the Olympic team, for parents to have their children taken away because they're in a state where uh, their metabolic system in their bloodstream means the police can take their children because they have smoked marijuana in the past, um, despite the fact that it's no threat to that child or never was. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Viv, I just get to preach it. <laughs> well, you are the uh, Reverend Most High of, of this evident truth, my friend. You and I have both been activists fighting in the trenches for decades uh, for massive structural change to America's drug policies. When we began, there was very little money in our movement to fund reform efforts, yet thousands of community activists fought for change. Many were extremely successful. Uh, some gave their lives uh, working for the change that they never lived to see. Today, despite millions of dollars being generated from state legal cannabis sales, funding for drug reform efforts is pretty much evaporated. It's just dried up, yet there's more money. For the first time, there's actually money uh, being generated that could go to these reform efforts. What's the deal? You, you nailed it. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is the cartels, the gangs, the cops, the treatment providers, all of these folks want prohibition to continue. And now we have the marijuana growers, dispensers, who may not be blatant or open or obvious, but they, they kind of like it the way it is. It's about the keeping the, the gravy train running, right? Yeah, because look, I predict, you know, long after I'm dead, maybe 50 years from now, you're gonna be able to go in your Kroger store and you're gonna be able to buy a pound of weed. It's, it's not gonna be trimmed. It's gonna be buds and leaves sitting on branches all wrapped up in plastic and sold at about $50 a pound. And that's, that's good bud, that's outdoor grown, maybe 15% THC. Um, the better, higher quality stuff, well, who knows what it'll go for, I have no idea. But it's, it is possible to grow good wheat uh, and, and price it under $50 a pound. 
And that's where we will eventually go. But in the meantime, these, and I'll say it, these, these dispensary cartels or whatever, there's a lot of them owned by millionaires. Uh, they're, they're, they're building uh, a network around the country. Moving it's the same old rich white guys capitalizing off of cannabis now, right? Exactly. And, and on the reefer madness. They, they don't want that reefer madness to go away because the reefer madness is a tool. It's a point of leverage for every aspect of drug war. It, it gives reason uh, for people to, quote, be afraid. So, so, you know, it's just it's all a racket by which to fleece Americans and keep the gravy train running so that a small amount of people could get richer and richer and have more control uh, over our lives. Is that pretty much uh, that an nails assessment? It, yes, and, and look, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, to me, the opportunity to truly legalize weed would mean they'd want to do it in Texas, which means they would come to Texas with some money, which means they would come here with some clout, something besides the few, uh, I'll be careful again, the, the few people who are you trying can to- call it out them. on my show, bro. Huh? You can call it out. Well, okay, the, the leaders of the Texas Normal and the other Texans for Responsible Marijuana, they're beggars. They're, they're pleading with these rock-hard Republican legislators to come around, to for the, do it for the veterans, do it, do it for the sick, do it for the cancer people, do it for, and they won't do it for anything because they have that, quote, moral high ground. They're their belief system has not been challenged. You know, uh, I steered clear this year, partly because of COVID and partly because, well, let's see if they can do it one more time. Every two years in Texas, we get the chance. Next time I'm gonna be down there with handouts and flyers and uh, just the truth. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get every newspaper and broadcaster in Texas to share that truth, that these guys are in support of terrorist cartels, gangs, overdose, deaths, disease, they don't give a rat's ass. They want the power and they want to pretend to their constituents that they're good guys. They're protecting the kids. When the truth be told right now, the best place for kids to find marijuana in Texas is through contacts made at the high school. And to pretend otherwise is just, um, it's evil. It's just friggin' evil. You know, we hear about the big lie, right? Uh, around presidential politics and stuff, but the original big lie is the drug war. Yeah. It is. The drug war has given credence to the ability to twist and distort and, and change and, and manipulate things. It has given uh, an example to politicians. Hell, what got going now that, that Biden lost the election, that Arizona's full of Chinese bamboo? I don't know what the hell is going on, <laughs> but it's-, oh, it's I, like, No, no. Our reality is unrecognizable to me, man. I mean, I feel like I'm on acid half the time, uh, and it's and it's been it's been a long time. I got to manipulate us into another break, though. We're going to take another short break. Come back with our final questions for the amazing Dean Becker. So don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart. Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We are back for our final sec- segment with Dean Becker, and I think my mouth will work for the rest of this segment. Uh, Dean, you, uh, you're just, you know, you're just such a ferocious mouthpiece for, uh, you know, to end this insane war on drugs. Uh, I want to know a couple of things. I want to know if there's anything that gives you hope these days, um, you know, with everything so bleak. Do you see any light at the end of the tunnel, uh, the way things are going? Uh, and more importantly, how can people get a hold of your show? Uh, I don't usually promote my competition, man, but your show is so damn important. And you've got really just one of the most uh, amazing cadres of, of power hitters uh, in cannabis and, and drug reform media. How can people find your show and follow what you're doing? Well, thank you for that, Viv. Yeah, um, I've got 9,000 radio segments available uh, at drugtruth.net. Drug Truth Network, drugtruth.net. Uh, I do a half-hour show, Cultural Baggage, each week, and my friend Doug McVeigh now does a Century of Lies. As I reached the age of 70, I figured I'd hand off some of it. But anyway, um, I, I want to talk about quickly what you mentioned, uh, the, uh, the dispensaries, the, 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 the cannabis industry. I saw an ad today wanting to entice me to attend an a se- online seminar where I could learn how to get more money for my dispensary. It would cost me $450 through ARO to, uh, I mean, uh, ARC, is it? I don't know. Anyway, to, to learn how to get more money. Anyway, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. It's a fleece every way you can, uh, this drug war. Now, in so far as my shows, uh, yeah, it does run the gamut. I, I have interviewed prisoners in the pen. I've interviewed uh, uh, many of the folks who have spent those years behind bars on our behalf, right? Uh, Viv, uh, guys like Will Foster, uh, uh, Eddie Lepp, um, Richard. Well, Richard didn't spend time, but he sure got hassled over it. And, and I guess what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say, folks, we own the moral high ground. You, me, Viv, we own it. We own every square inch of it. We should not be afraid to have that debate. And what irks me, what, what I wish for before I die, I want the head of the DEA on my show. I want the head of the ONDCP, the U.S. Attorney General. I want one of these bastards who claims the drug war to be so necessary to come on my show and clarify why there is that need. What is the benefit? What do we derive from this that even begins to offset the horror we inflict on ourselves and the whole world by continuing to believe in this process of eternal prohibition? Um, please go to my, my uh, website, endprohibition.org also works. Um, I've got video links and I have a one hour and a half video which features the drugs are of Portugal, the head of the uh, Global Commission on Drugs, uh, Beto O'Rourke, uh, my district attorney. Um, 
other legislators, Ethan Nadelman, there's 19 folks, uh, high echelon folks, proclaiming this drug war to be a fiasco and that it's time to claim the moral high ground. We own it. Don't slow down. Don't do anything. Do not pass go. Own the moral high ground. Refuse to bow before these lying weasel bastards. <laughs> Dean Becker, you are a force to be reckoned against the farce of prohibition. Thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. You stay strong. Uh, thank you, Viv, and uh, keep it up. You can count on that. That concludes this installment of Hamburg's on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find your voice, speak up for justice, because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong and get involved in the struggle to end federal prohibition. Turn up the music, maestro, because I am out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.